I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fox Sports Radio. This is up on game. Caught by Hushmanzada for the touchdown. You want NFL experience? Manning lobs it. Burris alone. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. LeVar Arrington. Then this is the show for you with LeVar Arrington. F Tom Brady. You know what? I take it back. TJ Hushmanzada. They lose first round. Mike McCarthy's out of there. And Plaxico Burris. Tom Brady's no longer there. It's turned into a dictatorship up there in New England. Three of the best to ever do it on and off the field. Live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios. Here's Pro Bowlers LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion Plaxico Burris. Are you trying to go hunt now? Welcome back to Up On Game, hour number two. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free row hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And Plex, we're going to jump right into this. Okay. I believe this is going to be a treat. All right. This legendary moment featuring no other than Mr. Burris himself. Oh. Up on Game presents Conversations with a Legend. And now, this is your legendary moment. To be honest, I didn't want to leave. Okay. Um, you know, it, it was kind of a business decision for me. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers basically offered me the same contract that the Giants did, and I had to make a decision because. So uh, why'd you leave? Because I was in the offense to where I kind of felt that I was kind of playing the shackles, so to speak. And um, second young, man. Yeah, we was in the I formation, you know, set back. Run the ball. Jerome was getting the ball 30, 35 times. Then they giving the ball to Hines. Yeah, I'm gonna get my five or six attempts. He's gonna get his five, six attempts. Jerome's gonna get the ball 30, 35 times. You only get 55 times, 55. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, snaps a game, and. I just felt like I could do more. And I sat down with Coach Kyle. I said, hey, man, you know, I want to do more. 
you know, in the offense, you know, get me to the slot, put me in some, you know, uh, some different positions instead of just playing the X all the time. And they said they weren't going to, you know, um, change the offense for one person. And I just made an executive decision to, to go to New York. It was a hell of a decision. Yeah, and I'm saying to myself, I said, listen, I mean, I understand the game. If I get a tight end on the backside and be that can help, you know, open up the field for me on the front side, then I can do some damage. And then, you So know, you went from Mark Bruner to Jeremy Shockey. I went to, I went to Jeremy Shockey. And, it was, and he was honestly... 99.9% of the reason why I went to New York and we developed a relationship that was that still is unbreakable. He's like my brother and he is tough as nails and I'm glad I went to New York to play with him because you know we changed each other's lives at the same time. We were able to win a Super Bowl together and uh, man, we just it, it just all went together. <laughs> Opportunity. Yeah, I remember doing the interview, but I think that's the first time that's the first time that I've heard it, listened to it, and listening to it, yeah. It's all humbling, man. It, it really is, man. I mean, teams always do what's best for them. Always, 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 man. And we, we as players, just growing up, we're always taught put the team first, your, yourself second. And so you don't, or you don't, we don't, we don't always do what's best for us all the time. And right. so when you're in a situation and look at it, it paid off for you. You uh, you won a Super Bowl. And man, when I I was telling somebody at the Super Bowl this year, we're talking about you. And I said, and they played in the league. I said, man, we we're talking about Plax. He was like, bro, Plax was a dog. I said, you know what's crazy? You know Plax never made it to a Pro Bowl. He thought I <laughs> he thought I was lying. Like he was like bet money. I'm like, bro, I know he didn't. He told me this. He was like trying to bet me. Yeah, you like, think so, man. We're just with, you know, thousand yard season, eleven hundred yard season, twelve hundred yard season. On a good team every year. That that didn't what happened, but uh, it didn't for me. But I and then you got bums. You got you got bums that are playing now that are three-time Pro Bowlers because they were the 10th alternate. Yeah, guys were making the Pro Bowl with one and two touchdown receptions for the year, but they would have 90 and 100 catches. I would score, you know, 12 or 13 touchdowns with 70 catches. So it, it was just a, a crazy time. But just, you know, just listening back to that interview, man, and listening to – you know, uh, me making the decision to leave because I didn't want to leave Pittsburgh. I think that, you know, we, we had a nucleus of guys that we had a special group. And it, it wasn't more evident when when I left in 05 and then they go win the uh, Super Bowl uh, on drums last year. And we were so tight as a, as a group that when they won the Super Bowl, Jerome picked up the phone and called me. And he said, hey, man. Jerome was one of the first guests we had on this show. You remember that? I do Three remember. I do. And Jerome picked up the phone and called me after he had won the Super Bowl. He said, hey, man, I want you to come to Vegas with us. I was like, uh, no, nah, man, you guys go ahead. He said, man, you helped build this team too, even though I wasn't there. And I was like, man, you know, for him to just think about me and that at that point, and he, he was in his 13th year. He had just won a Super Bowl in his hometown of Detroit. He picked up the phone and called me and said, hey, man, you, he was a part of, of what we built. Come, you know, kick it, come hang out with us. And I fast forward to 
me winning the Super Bowl in in Arizona back in you know, 07, 08. And the next day after the game, so I don't have my phone on. My phone is going crazy, so I turn my phone off. And we get off the bus, and we're on the tarmac walking up the stairs to get on the plane. And I turn my phone on, and you couldn't make this up. It was Jerome, it was Jerome Bettis calling my phone. And he said to me, he said, hey, man, I ain't going to keep you long. And he was like, it feel good, don't it? <laughs> and he said, man, I ain't going to keep you long. It feel good. I said, man, man, you, you, can't, you couldn't really explain it. But for, for listen, me listen to that interview, those are the, you know, two of the main things that jump out to me making that decision to leave Pittsburgh to come to New York because I didn't want to leave. But the business got in the way of it. And I wanted to see myself, you know, flourish and get better as a player. I'm pretty sure that I would. But the opportunities that I, that I received in New York as far as, you know, getting the football thrown to me and being a, a number one wide receiver, that wasn't going to happen in Pittsburgh. And I have no hard feelings towards the team or the organization or anything of that sort. It, it was just that the business part got in the way of it. I mean, you're talking about me trying to go to Minnesota or Houston or Carolina during the free agency. And I was trying to put myself into a puzzle, into a team to where I would add value, but at the same time, you know, have guys, you know, make guys around me better, but also understanding what kind of player I was and what I, and what I needed as a player to, to really flourish and play beside, but play alongside Jeremy and Amani and Tiki. And Eli was just coming into his second season. And that's why I made the decision to come to New York because I wanted to play with a tight end that could stretch the field on the backside. And like I Jeremy Shockey. Man, Shock. Jeremy. Yeah, that dude could play, man. That's when Miami was just everybody they put into the league, man, was a baller at that point in time, man. They could not miss. All their guys was just having huge success, man. So as well as Mr. Burris, huge success, great career. Oh, man, it was – yep, hand clap, standing ovation, Jeezy style. Yeah. Back back to the uh, NFL, man. Right now they saying, I mean, not 100%, but 99% that Mr. Bryce Young um, is a lot for the number one overall pick. Your, your thoughts on that, if you were a GM in – of the Carolina Panthers, who are who are you drafting next Thursday? Man, I mean, if I'm the general manager for the Carolina Panthers right now, I'm looking at I'm looking at you know the the, the trio of quarterbacks, or maybe four quarterbacks that are entering this draft: Bryce Young, um, Anthony Richardson from Florida, C.J. Stroud, and um, and and Her- Herndon Hooker from ten- from Tennessee who Laval went on last week and basically said that, you know, he, he will most likely be the steal of the draft if he can go in and play at the level of what he played last year in college before he suffered his knee injury. If you're the Carolina Panthers, you, you need a franchise quarterback. And I believe there are only two in this draft, with, and that is Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. But I don't know these men personally. I've never sat down in a room with them and picked their brain and put defensive, you know, uh, defenses on the board and asked them questions. So I don't know their 
know, their acumen as far as their intelligence, as far as playing the position and, you know, uh, knowing and understanding coverages. But the things that I do know from a physical standpoint is that uh, they're both talented. Uh, they're both elite. Um, I believe Bryce Young is a more accurate thrower and passer than C.J. Stroud. And, you know, C.J. Stroud is, is more of a physical specimen, you know, for the NFL. And everybody's just been, you know, constantly harping on, you know, Bryce Young's size and his height. But just based off of physical appearance and and what I've seen, me, if I'm the GM, pe- many people might not agree with me, but I'm going to take C.J. Stroud because I believe from a potential standpoint and ceiling that he is going to be the better pro moving forward as an NFL quarterback. You, you know, um, being on the field with both of them a ton during his uh, process – it's been telling both of them no extremely accurate both of them and from the shoulders up you you can't really tell because we're just working out i I don't know i know when you talk to bryce i mean talk like a vet like he understands football like he's been playing 10 11 years in the national football league or he really processes very well you can tell by having conversations but also with cj he does a great job at that as well. And people, oh, he played with great players at Ohio State. It's not his fault. It's not his fault that all his receivers was first-round picks. I mean, he didn't play with a first-rounder this season that can come out. Now, Marvin Harrison Jr. will be a first-rounder next year. And so, What you mean, uh, Smith? Uh, he's going to be a first-rounder. But he didn't play much this year. I think he played one game. Because he had, he had the hamstring injury, and, and so I know they're they're trying to make they have you know how we would take the wonder lick. Now they they have this S two test, but, and Bryce scored extremely high, CJ scored extremely low, and so they're trying to but TJ, put that against him now. But what these NFL scouts are saying is that when when Marvin Harrison Jr. he actually worked out with CJ Stroud at his pro day at Ohio State, and the NFL scouts were saying that. Guess what? Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best wide receiver in the country in the draft right now, and he's not even available. Yeah, the fact that they that these rules are in place and they have to be honored is kind of crazy. You got to be three years out of high school to enter the draft. Like, why? Why? But that's another story. I know next Thursday a lot of guys' dreams will come true. And even if you're not selected on Thursday, it's not the end of the world. The Carolina Panthers, if you don't get drafted or Houston Texans have the second pick, as dysfunctional as they have been, if I'm a quarterback, I don't know if I want to be drafted to the Houston Texans. Number one, who are, you, who are you throwing the ball to? You're, so you're already set up for failure. Who are you throwing the ball to? Their best receiver is probably John Mechie, who is going to be playing for the first time in the National Football League. Um after overcoming um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so, who has had success with the Houston Texans? They keep turning over head coaches and is Nick Casario going to be fired? Is he not going to be fired? What's, what's going to happen? So, I would want to go to Houston as a quarterback because you're set up Tough. to fail. And so, everybody wants to be drafted high. But in the grand scheme of things, it's about 
drafted right, being drafted to the right team, the right organization, the right head coach, the right owner, general manager, top to bottom, everybody's on the same page. If you just look at the history of the NFL and these teams that draft high, um, what is the percentage of that team just, you know, turning the page and that year – and really co- competing to win the division or c- competing to win a championship. It's hard, man. It's it just hard. doesn't happen. It's hard. I, I remember this. I, I remember, I think I was watching with NFL films or whatever whatever it was, maybe like a year or two ago and when, when – um, uh, uh, what's my man? Uh, Trace Young, Young from uh, the defensive end from the Washington Commanders from Ohio State. Chase Young, yep. Chase Young. So uh, it, it was a, a timeout called. And Chase Young walks over to the sideline, and he wants to introduce himself to Mike Tomlin because he's a rookie. I believe he won the NFL Rookie of the Year. Like he, he, he had 14, 15 sacks in his rookie year. He walks over to Mike Tomlin. He says, hey, Coach, man, it's nice to meet you. And Mike Tomlin says, you know what? You're a hell of a player. But he said, he said, he said, you're a hell of a player, but I never want to be in a position to draft a player like you. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that. I would rather win than yes. have good players and, and compete to win a championship every year and than to be the first or the second team picking in the NFL And that's draft. why Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. Say what you say about all these other – oh, this the best coach. Oh, this the best coach. Oh, this the best coach. He's just proven he the best. He's never had a losing season. Unheard of. Everybody else make a thousand excuses. Oh, our quarterback got hurt. Oh, we lost this player. Tomlin is losing all these players, and he still is yet to have a losing season. Yeah. We got to take a break. We getting down the back stretch of this show, man. Mr. Burris, I'm TJ Ushmazada Lavar. Hope you're enjoying your son. I believe it's his spring game. Up on game. Fox Sports Radio. Y'all stay locked in, man. We'll be right back. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. This is Steve Cavino And Rich Davis. And together, we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right. Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Cavino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, the think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter, right? If you have then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat, rebounds, points, assists, and more. Track your picks and play against others for a shot to win huge cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code UPONGAME for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code UPONGAME only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick slash promos. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ooh, that is a little badu. Yeah. Hey, boy, Sam really think he a DJ for real. Yeah. Sam really be DJing, though. Give it to me, Sam. Yeah. Hey, Sam, you need to just go DJ a couple clubs, man, here and there, you man. Make a little extra bread, man. You know what I Appreciate mean? Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead and make that thing happen, man. Get a little extra, get a little extra paper, man. Welcome back yeah. in up on game, man. We live from Tyrec.com Studios. I'm TJ Hushmanzada alongside Mister Plaxico Burris. Let's let's stay uh, with the NFL. And Tua Tagovailoa has said he thought about retirement. He he gave it some consideration, but then he was like, nah, and I actually ran into Tua at the combine. We're getting on the elevator, and we talked about it. And I gave him my opinion on the concussions and, and the retirement thing, and I had no inkling that he was ready to retire. He was like, nah, 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 nah. I'm playing football. And I, I agreed with him. If Tua was your son or if your son was in this situation – what what would your advice be? And if you were Tua, what steps would you take and what would you do? Well, those are two 
different questions. Yeah, I want what, yeah. I, what I would do as a player, and you know what I would, you know, tell my son if we gonna play as the player, and we gonna tell our son, nah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually the other way around because um, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him my best advice of what I think, but I'm not going to make a decision and to tell him what he should and what should not be doing. I would give him the, the consequences, uh, tell him the truth, and just be a man and to make his own decision based off of how he feels or, or if, he, if, if he feels he should continue to play or not. But, you know, me um, for myself, but it's tough being a young player in this business and – you know, him going through what he has been through over the last season, you know, sustaining, you know, uh, two or three concussions that were that were pretty, pretty bad so to the point to where the man, he couldn't even get up on his own two feet and walk to the sideline in a straight line. Uh, those head injuries for Tua was significant. Um, myself, if I was Tua and – I was later on in my career, 10, 11, 12 years. It's a lot easier to be able to make that decision and to be able to walk away from something that you have dreamed to do your whole life. And it's like you said, I, I didn't know that Tua had actually you know, contemplated um, retirement, but it was in the air. Everybody was saying it on TV and on the radio and in the media, he should just go out and retire because of the two head injuries that he sustained last season. And, you know, he's a young player. And it's hard to walk away from something that you love. And I believe that he is, you know, comfortable with his decision. And he understands the consequences of what can happen and what may happen. I don't believe it's going to be his last concussion because one of those concussions he just got, you know, snatched. Man, it's a dangerous sport. Uh, and, and Every tax, play. And tackle. And he was out before he even hit the ground. Now, that is alarming. For you to get whiplash and to suffer a concussion before you even hit the ground, that's something that I had never seen before. And that wasn't due to the head trauma. It was just due to the, the force in which the defensive tackle had tackled him, and he suffered a concussion before he hit the ground. So, you know, when I saw that one, I said, you know what? For him, uh, it's not going to be his last time. I, I hope we hope that it is, but we don't want him to see him go through what he went through last year. And if he has one of these concussions in the first two or three weeks of the season, I, I, I think it's going to be in the best interest of the Miami Dolphins to really, you know, sit down with him and have a conversation with him if he has one of these uh, concussions early in the early in the year. Yeah, I mean, you, we play a contact sport. When you play a contact sport. Um, you would assume eventually it is going to happen. But when you're as young as Tua is, and we, we've all been there, man, I wouldn't say you feel invincible, but there's no way I'm retiring. There, there's just no there's no possible way I'm going to retire now when you get our age and hopefully he's okay, but you feel like I'll deal with the consequences when I get there. But number one, the game is so fun. And I, and I think that's what people fail to realize. That it, it's just fun, man. Like you playing the game is fun. Being in the locker room, that that's what you miss. Being on road trips, practice gets really redundant and boring at times, but that's fun. 
when you, you first get back to the OTAs, that first week is really fun. Um, training camp, the first week is really fun. Then you kind of get tired of it. But it, it's just nothing like being in a yeah. locker room and playing. You're right. You're right. It, the first week of training camp is fun. <laughs> yeah, the first week is fun. And then you you start getting – maybe now the whole training camp is fun because there's no double days. And then you kind of get bored. And then when they let the fans come in, that's fun again. You miss those things. And, and so when you're Tua's age, man, this is just a chance you take. Everything everything we do in life, we take chances. And this is a chance he's going to take. Will he have another concussion? The percentages are leaning probably, yeah. That's just a chance you take. You're a young dude, and you ju- you just deal with the consequences and the repercussions down the line. So, TJ, if you're the Miami Dolphins and Tua suffers a concussion during this season and you have already exercised his fifth-year option and his he's a guaranteed salary of $23 million, what do you do as an organization? I mean, that's just – you just got to swallow that. That That's just some – it's a, an investment that has gone wrong. Um, you you hope it doesn't happen. You you wish the best, but you, you don't know. You don't know. The, the problem is you know another concussion more than likely is going to happen at some point in time. We've had them, but the game is safer than it's ever been. You can't touch a quarterback. You can't – Barely you fall on him, you better carry him to the ground type of thing. And so it's safer than it's ever been. And when you do have an injury, this is an injury sport. You're going to get hurt. It's just can we limit them? And we don't see guys, at least at the quarterback position, have a ton of concussion. And so I believe over the course of his career, he'll have another one. If he has one this year, it will be more so mm-hmm. the type of concussion that he had, like the impact. That That's what I'm looking for, the impact. Um, how does it look? How does he respond type of thing? But, I mean, you, you can't go through this scare. You, you can't. You cannot go through this scare. When we get in our car every day, it's an opportunity that something may happen. And, and I also read this. Opportunity, a possibility. Yeah, and I also read this uh, during this week that the NFL is uh, going to make available a, a quarterback-specific helmet for the quarterbacks when they hit the ground. It's supposed to reduce the uh, head trauma or concussions or whatever the case may be. But we're going to see, you know, how that all, you know, comes into effect. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. I, I wish him nothing but the best, man. I like to. I think he's a really good quarterback. They gave him some weapons last year, and voila, he was an MVP um, running until the concussions happened. And so, yeah, you you put some players around him. Isn't that how it works, right? Mm -hmm. When a quarterback has no weapons, what the – oh, man, this quarterback isn't that good. He can't Mm -hmm. play. And as soon as you get a quarterback weapons, you forget about the weapons you gave him, and now you start giving the quarterback all the credit in the world. That's how it works, man. Mm -hmm. But it is what it is. Ilo, what you got for us on the trend, my guy? 
fellas, second quarter underway in Brooklyn. The Nets facing elimination if they lose this game, have a 29-26 lead over the Philadelphia 76ers. A minute and a half into the second quarter, the Sixers playing without star Joel Embiid because of a sprained right knee. They're shooting 42% from the field, while Brooklyn is just under 50% from the field at the outset. Again, a minute and a half into the second quarter, Brooklyn leads the Sixers 29-26. Philadelphia leads the series three games to one. In Stanley Cup playoff game three on Friday night, the LA Kings and Edmonton Oilers went to overtime. Here is Hall of Famer Nick Nixon on the Kings audio network. Pilardi down behind the net. Pilardi centers in tight. Score! Trevor Moore wins it in overtime! Second time in three games in the series. The Kings have won a game in overtime. And now lead that series two games to one. One Major League Baseball game underway at Yankee Stadium. Yankees and the Toronto Blue Jays scoreless right now in the bottom of the second. Fellas, back to you. Man. Hey, Plex. Yo. Mr. Burris. Mm-hmm. Watching these games and we talked talking NBA and we talked about this earlier and it was actually a great point that I thought Doc Rivers brought up after their game against the Nets. He was, man, the NBA got to do something about not lower level non-stars goading the star players into getting flagrant fouls. I'm going to grab Draymond's foot. He going to step on my chest. He going to get suspended. He's saying they're setting a dangerous precedent because when – and I wouldn't say that Sabonis isn't a star. He is a star on his team, but he's not to the level of Draymond. What do you think or should anything be done about the NBA and you get secondary players trying to get a star player, either a flagger and a technical or just ejected from the game? Do you think that's becoming a problem and the NBA should look into that? Nope. I don't think it's becoming a problem at all. Because that is what you're taught to do. I mean, if, if, if you're less of a player than uh, Draymond Green or LeBron James, you want to get under their skin because you want to get a reaction out of them. You want to try to frustrate them or whatever the case may be, especially in a, in a, in a case with uh, Draymond Green. You know anything is going to send him off the rails. So you hmm. know that if you push him, grab him, or uh, grab his foot, a player like Draymond Green is going to respond and he's going to retaliate. And that is what the coaches actually tell the players to do. You've been in situations you played against players when you were playing. They say, listen, you know, don't talk to this guy. Leave this guy alone. Or if, you know, if there were certain players that I knew and we knew we had a scout report on that if you chop blocked them, <laughs> there was going to be a great uh, uh, probably a response. They're going to retaliate. They're going to retaliate and they're going to get a 15-yard penalty. And, and and it's in the rap sheet of some of the of some of the players that you're playing against. So I think these the players are doing a great job. It's a part of the game, trash talking, uh, uh, getting the getting the guy frustrated, getting him out of his game, and to only focus on you is is actually that player is doing his team a disservice. What Draymond did the other night was totally out of pocket. 
you know, stepping on the man's chest. I know he grabbed his foot, but you can't do that. Draymond, uh, and Day-Day's my guy. I love, love him to death. But they are on a quest to try to win another world championship. That does nothing but, but to hurt the team. And then I see the other night that the James Harden foul was basically, I think, a makeup call for the, for the, for the refs not to – uh, give a tech to Joel B when he tried to kick when he tried to kick my man in the midsection. I believe it was a makeup call because the James Harden wasn't even really a foul. Nah, man, like they when they pressing Harden, call. you you gotta get some type of separate. If you ain't gonna call a guy from bodying me up, I gotta create some type of space. And that's what James Harden did. And for him to get ejected, it was like wow. And it was the best game he was having thus far in the series. Right. Yeah, they. It, it's uh, I, I don't know if the NBA will do something about this, but you know what I think it is. It's the it's the point system with the flagrant fouls. If you get four points, you get ejected from the or you get suspended for the next game. That's where they have to do something. You you can gold players. It's always been that way. You put in a bench player. Let's see if we can get a superstar player out of his game and element and, and pick up some technicals or some fouls. Mm-hmm. But. It's that point system. If you get more than four or four points in a playoff game or in a playoff period, you're getting suspended a game. That's as if you get, what is it, 16 technicals during a regular season, mm-hmm. and after that you're suspended. That's the problem. And another thing, man, a travel is a travel. Call it rest. <laughs> when like guys are going – yeah, like when guys are going to the whole – like you'll watch certain games, they'll call fouls. Then you'll watch the next game soon, right after. Same contact, no foul. There's just the referees and these officials. Like, I watch a ton of games, and I I don't think I could play in the NBA, man. I, I promise. I think the NBA, those referees, man, the NFL referees they, are yeah, they so – Who are they going to make these calls on? Man, the NFL referees are so much better than the NBA. don't make no sense, man. The NBA officials cannot compare – to the referees from the NFL, man. These dudes in the NBA, one game is a foul. The next game is not. You go to the line 20 times. Man. The next game you go one time because a coach complained. Man, Like I, what? I, a foul is a foul. I was watching game one of I, – I think it was uh, the, the Suns and the Clippers. And Deion and – and uh, Devin Booker had two fouls, and I forget my man's name, Mark, with the ball head, the uh, NBA ref. He caught a foul on DeAndre Ayton. Oh, he wasn't even around him. I know he exactly what you're talking about. He wasn't even in the play. <laughs> I know but exactly he didn't, what you're talking he about. Didn't wanna make the, he didn't want to make the foul call on Devin Booker because he already had two fouls and he was going to sit for the rest of the half. And he assessed the foul to DeAndre I know, Ayton, I know and exactly he wasn't even what in the play. About. He said the referee should be suspended. Dude, there, like, there's no, there's no way. The man is not even involved in the play, but you don't want to make the call on the star player because he's going to sit for the rest of the game. That referee should be suspended. Yo, man, what are who who are you making this call on? Dude, it was crap. Watching that Kings and Warriors game, when I tell you, I thought the Warriors were fouling pretty much every possession. They weren't calling nothing. They like, uh-uh, the Warriors cannot go down 3-0, so we're not going to do this. It, it just – I get where Doc Rivers is coming from, but they need to clean up this officiating because when I watch the NFL, 
they may miss some calls, but it ain't nothing like the NBA. So NFL, y'all, light years ahead of the NBA when it comes to that. We must take another break. And we getting really on the backstretch of this show. Plaxico Burris, TJ Shazada, up on game on Fox Sports Radio. Y'all stay tuned in, locked in. We'll be right back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There we go. There we go. DJ Sam. On the ones and twos. Mm, mm. Uh, oh. Uh, mm. Uh, uh, yeah. Welcome back in Up On Game. We live from the Tyrec.com studio. I'm TJ Hushman. out alongside Mr. Plexico Burris. It's time for the Progressive Play of the Day. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Hey, let us get that progressive play of the day, fellas. Bridges out top, played by Maxi. Bridges between the circles, low crossover, driving it right. Stops right of the lane. A spinning fade away from 14. It's good for Mikhail Bridges. And that was courtesy of 
WFAN Nets Radio Network. Hey, Plex, man, this, the shows just be flying, flying by. Mm. But we need to let everyone know, be sure, be sure, be sure, be certain not to miss Draft Night Live on Fox Sports Radio Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's 8 p.m. Eastern. Throughout the first round of the draft, you'll have Jay Glazer, former Cardinals general manager Steve Kine, college football Hall of Famer Mr. LeVar Arrington, and Big Noon's kickoff Rob Stone. They'll have pick-by-pick predictions, reactions to every first-round pick. That's Thursday, this Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, throughout the first round of the draft. It's live on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Make sure y'all tune in for that. Um, a lot of guys' dreams will come true this Thursday. Last topic of the day. Man, did the Patriots really have blamed Matt Patricia for everything because the Eagles have brought Patricia on to their defensive staff. So he's no longer a New England Patriot coach. But the question is, Darius Slay is one of the Eagles' best players, arguably their best defensive player. How is he going to react to this considering Patricia's the reason he's in Philadelphia? Man, he's going to have to put all that to the side and just go out and play football. Uh, I really do. And it's surprising to me, I'm pretty sure to everybody else, that Bill Belichick would would relinquish the duties of Matt Patricia being his defensive coordinator after the relationship that they've had, that they've had over the past you know quarter century, and it, it took me by surprise also. But I think that you know Nick Sirianni is just just really trying to you know shore up that defense a little bit more because the better that defense becomes, um, they're just going to be that good of a football team. I don't think they need anything offensively. They have everything that they need, quarterback, wide receivers, running backs. Hey, and guess what? I'm cutting you off. You say running back. Word is that Derrick Henry may be on his way to Philly. Oh, my goodness. Word is Derrick Henry may be on his way to Philly. Hey, man. Uh, uh, Devin White or or Derrick Henry, if you get one of those guys, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, then – uh, you're gonna win. You're gonna win a lot of football games moving forward. But, uh, but as far as Matt Patricia going to Philadelphia, it's just a it's a it's a surprise to me that he's no longer in New England. They you make him an offensive coordinator, man. I don't care how good of a coach is. It's just certain things that you just you just haven't done. You you haven't done, it, and this is again. Mr. Belichick thinking he's smarter than everybody else. This is what we're going to do, and it's going to work. And it did not work. And, and so now, I, and, and I believe Darius Slay will be professional enough. You know, for those that don't know, yeah. when he was in Detroit, Patricia was a head coach. They didn't get along. He traded him to uh, Philly for a bag of chips. But he'll be a professional. Don't make it work. But if this is true, man, Philadelphia, they just taking all the Tennessee best players. All right, get us A.J. Brown next year, hey. So, like, you think you sent us uh, Derrick Henry next year? So if this is true, they just literally taking all the Titans' best players. I don't know what the Titans is doing over there. Um, but if this is true, the Eagles, they right back where they want to be. They they lose Miles Sanders. They get Derrick Henry. But, yeah, Matt Patricia, defensively, he'll, he'll bring something to the table. He, I believe he's a really good defensive coach. Um, everybody's a professional. We're we not going to let – 
what happened years ago affect what happens today unless you start doing what you did years ago to me today. I believe they'll be over there both Slay and Patricia. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll, they'll be able to navigate through this yeah. and, and and find a way to coexist. Yeah, Nick, Nick Sirianni, man, he's, he's brought a different culture to that team, that organization, and that locker room. Um, I, I believe a, a player like Darius Slay, he's going to continue to follow the culture and what they've created in Philadelphia and not let the whole Matt Patricia thing you know, uh, you know, be, be a situation. Well, we appreciate you guys tuning in this Saturday. LeVar will be with us next week. Plaxico Burris. I'm TJ Ushmazada. Who's up next, uh, Sam, you know? Y'all stay tuned in. Jonas Knight's going to give y'all a great show. Fox Sports Radio up on game. We'll see Peace. y'all next week. Thank y'all. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.